You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Gentlemen, let's get into today's conversation. Is Hugh Freeze's reputation as a QB guru or developer on the line at Auburn? Let's kind of talk about what Hugh Freeze has done as it pertains to to quarterbacks. Uh, There's a few that comes to to mind. Uh, Obviously, uh, Ryan Applin is a name that people are familiar with because uh, two guys associated with Auburn has coached him. Uh, That being Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn. Ryan Applin had a lot of success at Arkansas State. Uh, Hugh Freeze used that opportunity in his one year as a head coach at Arkansas State, took the job at Ole Miss, where he actually brought in a QB in year one by the name of Bo Wallace. Bo Wallace actually had a pretty good year, uh, had a good tenure at Ole Miss. Just to give you some, some stats on him. He threw for a total of 9,534 yards and 62 touchdowns during his time at Ole Miss. He finished in the top five in the SEC each each year in passing yards, finished second in 2013 behind Johnny Manziel. Mm. Uh, His best year was in 2014. Ole Miss won nine games, including the 23-17 win over Alabama. He was followed up by uh, Chad Kelly, who also was brought in uh, from outside the program by Hugh Freeze. Chad Kelly went on and uh, he threw, he led the SEC in his first season with them. He led the SEC in passing yards, 4,042 yards, 31 touchdowns. That team won 10 games that season, finished six and two in conference play. Uh, They lost in overtime, uh, to Arkansas 53-52, costing them a chance at playing in the SEC championship. He had injuries in year two, um, so his production got cut a bit. Uh, that led to, if you remember, uh, the, a name by the a guy by the name of Shea Patterson who came in that year. Um, he was Hugh Freeze's biggest high school recruit yeah. uh, during that time. Ended up transferring to Michigan, uh, but... Hugh Freeze tenure was cut after that. I think that was 2016 by that point. And of course, we know what he was able to do with Malik Willis at Liberty. Mm-hmm. The fourth guy that he's brought in is Peyton Thorne. We all know how Peyton Thorne did in year one. Hugh Freeze has made some staff changes. Hugh Freeze, as rumor has it, he will be calling plays offensively. He brought in Derek Nix to be his OC, who he's had a lot of familiarity with, working with during his time at Ole Miss. So this will be Hugh Freeze's offense moving forward. Hugh Freeze was credited as saying, even on his introductory press conference, he made a statement that I do think he ha- he does think he has a gift at developing quarterbacks. He did say that. And so with that, gentlemen, uh, I- I'll-, I'll throw this to you. I'll start with you, B. Mm. In 2024, mm-hmm. Is Hugh Freeze's reputation as a QB developer on the line, given Auburn's productivity in 2023? 
I want y'all to walk with me here. I say no. The reason is, do you put somebody squarely responsible for not being able to develop a player if the player is just not good? Development being the question. If I tell you to develop somebody that's not good at what they do, then are you at fault for not developing them? I don't don't know. No idea. So I would say that Hugh Freeze is on the clock for picking the wrong guy. That, That is what it is. Identification is what Hugh Freeze is on the clock for in 2024, not development. I don't think Peyton Thorne has it. So I am not necessarily upset or like, oh, man, he played bad again. We saw him play bad. He's not the guy. If you trot the wrong guy back out there again, now it's on you, buddy. Fool me once. Okay. Fool me twice? I put you back out there after I saw you drop games, throw INTs every time you had a remotely decent game. That's on me because I may not have known what you were at first. I know what you are now, which is why I say I need to see somebody else get out there and give an opportunity. Other QBs not having the opportunity, that's a much bigger concern to me than whether or not he can develop a guy who doesn't have it as a starter on the SEC level. Counterpoint. Peyton Thorne regressed as a QB overall. Now, there were there was some debate about whether he had regressed, you know, or whether it was the line or the receivers. But after the bowl game, I think everybody universally agreed he he regressed. <laughs> you know, there was a portion of that that was on him. And do what what am I to believe? This was a 25 to 2800 yard a year passer at Michigan State. It comes here and he regresses by a thousand to twelve hundred yards. I'm not sure all of that regression is Peyton Thorne. Now, they fired the offensive coordinator. That's a part of this that cannot be ignored. Agreed. Right? There was a system issue that caused some of these issues for Thorne. Now, I'm not advocating that Peyton Thorne is a great quarterback. I'm saying. I don't think he is as bad as he played because the system issues hurt everybody. And that's on freeze. So they made a change there. It was clear. They made a change there. Now, to B's point, I get saying that, you know, like, look, man, if a guy's bad, he's bad. You know, but... He's just bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I want to make sure I'm saying this right. He's distinguishing between what's actual development, right? Sure. You know what I mean? And picking the right guy. Right. All that, to me, in my mind, all that goes together. You pick the wrong guy, then, you know, we can't even get to the development conversation. Right. (laughs) So it, it is all bad in my book. However, I think if you fix the system, you'll see increased production from the quarterbacks that are in the room. And they got to start there. So, you know, this this is my opening thoughts on this. So let me ask you gentlemen this. 
Who gets named QB1? Does that affect the timetable in any way in terms of there's always a sense of urgency, but I think there's a little bit of grace given if someone other than Peyton Thorne is named the starter going into the next season. Does that change anything? Yeah, I don't. I think the only person that gives you grace in this equation is Walker White. Hmm. Because you made your bed with Thorne the way you handled last season. Right? Robbie Ashford is gone. He said he wasn't good enough to play quarterback here. You rolled with Thorne. You committed to Thorne openly before the bowl game. Essentially saying, we're going to 2024 and pay Thorne as our quarterback. And then after the bowl game, immediately had to backtrack on that statement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, this is an opinion. This is what he said. Yo, it's an open, and I was the one who asked the question, like, how does this change the equation for somebody like Hank Brown who went out and played? Like, listen, man, give Hank Brown credit. He went out there in a no-win kind of situation and just played football. Through passes, the receivers looked, you know, better catching balls from him. You know, there are a lot of QBs who go out in those situations and still can't get it done. And he did. But it opened the question. I'm not saying Hank Brown is the next coming. I'm saying it opened the question about if you can have a guy come in cold and play like that, that was fourth string all year, you got to have an open competition in the spring. Yeah, right. I have concerns about how they missed this bad on Thorne. If you're telling me it's, it's not more system than player, you missed bad. And, 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 I, and I think that th- that should be a worry. You got to know what to do with the players that you have. All this, wait until he gets his player. I get it. But I still want to see some, football is football. I still want to see some competency with the guys that you have. And I'm not sure that we completely saw that last year. No, we didn't. We didn't see it. (laughs) It is the, the fact, the fact be that to Mike's point that he, he doubled down on Peyton Thorne given the, the first portal window and, to Mike G's credit, he mentioned that Auburn's not going after a QB in this first portal window. They're sticking with Thorne, and he confirmed as much uh, when he met with media in bowl prep, right? To Mike's point, he backtracked on that off of that, but uh, still, you endorsed Peyton Thorne. So is he is, I mean, is he seriously on the clock in terms of improving that room or the production coming from that room in year yes. two. He, he is on the clock for improving quarterback play. Yes. But he's not on the clock for making Peyton Thorne better. And the only reason I disagree with you slightly, hmm. just slightly, Mike, about Peyton Thorne, well, um, what'd you say? He regressed. He was throwing to two NFL wide receivers. I'm gonna give you give me give you the 30 seconds so Mike can retort on okay. that. Go ahead. He was throwing to two NFL wide receivers at Michigan State. Two. I don't think we had anybody that we could call an NFL wide receiver yet, based on what they've showed. We have some people with higher ceilings than they got to show last year, but the talent can override system. You can have a wildly successful year just because you've got some superseding talent. I think Peyton Thorne was the beneficiary of that more so than he regressed. I don't think you can play as poorly as we saw him play last year. Is it system? Yeah, maybe. But if you just make a bad throw, you're making repeatedly INTs, pick sixes, it's a problem with you, buddy. It's a problem with you. 
Yeah. I, I, all, okay. I'll add, all I'll add is, is that, look, at the end of the day, um, it, if he was supposed to be a guy that you bring in that made people better. That's why you bring in a two-year starter from another Power 5 school. Mm-hmm. So right. the, the conversation right. about he don't have the receivers, like the, the, the floor was so low. That you know, it, 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 it's that's to me that's that's not relevant in this conversation because of how bad he played at times. Now again, there are multiple reasons for that system play calling, tug of war, whatever. But you know, you know that's where I'm at on this. Right, he was supposed to be a guy you brought in that made everybody better and raised the floor. The floor was not raised. There were less rushing yards from the QB position. There were there were. Barely just as many passing yards from the QB position right. from him. Mm-hmm. It just did. It didn't get better, and 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 the and the bar was already on the floor. Yeah, a better system should have elevated what we saw last year, because over the last five games of this, of the season, they didn't even really try to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, you know when you're trying and you barely come up with 80 more yards from your starting quarterback than you did the year before with a guy that you didn't really tr- try to throw the ball with. That's 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 wild. So, Mike, you're mentioning production. You're mentioning production. Last year's production. <laughs> what does what does I mean? Obviously, anything over what we did last year is improvement. But what shows reasonable improvement in year two? Now that you have your coaches in place, you have your system in place, and the hope is you have your guy in 2024 or a guy who can lead your team in 2024. What does what does what does reasonable reasonable stats look like offensively from the passing attack? Yeah, I mean, it's really simple, right? Um, in today's college football, if your quarterback is throwing for less than 2,500 yards, you're going to have a really, really hard time without an exemplary run game. That's today's game. You have to be able to pass the ball at a 2,500 to 3,000-yard-a-year clip. Or you got to be really, really, you have to have a smash mouth offensive line that can just move people and you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 3,000 yard passes are starting to become more and more common in college football because of the way the rules are. And, you know, it's just harder. It's never been harder to play quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, to play defense. Right. Yeah. It's hard, man. Like, you know, uh, uh, they protect the quarterback. They do all these things to protect the quarterback. And we, we've seen a lot of, like, man, Michigan's national championship last year, a little bit anomalous based on what we saw. Right. Or what we've seen from, from you know, previous national champions over the last, like, eight years. Yeah. Dynamic offenses are winning the day. Mm-hmm. But you got to be really good at everything else. <laughs> If your quarterback is going to pass for less than 2,500 yards, so to me, that's where it needs to be. That's what, and, and that's not common at all. But Auburn has only has two 3,000-yard passers in the whole history of the program. Incredible. For a, for a squad that's got an undefeated season and played for two national titles in the last 24 years, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, where, that's, where the, that's where the bar is at in, in terms of what you're talking about, Caesar. 2,500 or more. Okay, yeah. so if so, in the years where Auburn has gotten close to that production in terms of passing, those have led to being really good years for Auburn. Yeah. Right. 
what does that do for Auburn's season? If Auburn gets, if they're in that 2,500 to 3,000 window, what does that do for Auburn as a team in year two, uh, B? I say we win seven if we can get 2,500. If we can get to 3,000, we'll win eight. I think I think we'll win eight if we can get to 3,000. That means if you for, are throwing for 3,000 yards in the season, that means you could throw when you needed to. Now, exemplary is, you know, 4,000. In, in, in college, a couple of quarterbacks are going to touch that because they're in a pass-happy system and stuff like that. But 3,000 is really like, okay, you know what you're doing here. And you can pick up a lot of yards through the air. If we can count on offense through the air and we don't have to force it on the ground, we're going to win eight games. We're going to win eight games. And the only reason I don't say more is because there are some other teams in our conference now. And when I say now, I mean Texas is on the block. Georgia can still pass the ball because Beck's coming back. Uh, We don't know what Alabama's going to be. But we have enough teams in our conference that I, you can't quite pencil it in as like, yeah, you for sure are going to win. It's like, no, I don't know. It's it's competitive. This is the most competitive this conference has ever been. So I would like to say if we pass for 3,000, we could win our division. We don't have a division anymore. We could win 10 games. If it was three years ago, I would tell you we, we passed for how many yards? 10 games. But that's not the case anymore. Um, so I say 3,000, a 2,750 is the in-between between 2,500 and 3,000, then I say we win seven. Yeah, I I would agree that the ceiling is 10 wins if they can pass for 3,000 yards. Now, I wouldn't wouldn't go as far as to guarantee that's going to happen if they... they You still have to account for turnovers. If you're throwing at a higher volume, there's there's different plays that can affect the the game. Yeah, like, it it raises the ceiling. Okay. Right, if you're you're going to throw for 3,000 yards, you're going to have a chance to win more ball games. So, you know, I grew up, Brian, in in that respect. The stretch of the schedule from Georgia to Kentucky is tough. Yeah. Right? You know, Oklahoma at home, Georgia... Uh, in Athens, uh, Missouri, in Columbia, Kentucky on the road. That's one of the hardest stretches in college football. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's 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 the stretch that's going to define your season, whether you're over under. Yeah, right. That's the stretch that's going to define whether you're over under because you open against A and M, right? You have a Cal team that you should beat. They're coming to the plains this time. You know, New Mexico, you know, I don't know the whole state of New Mexico. Like, it's something about New Mexico, <laughs> no matter what the sport is. All right. Arkansas should be beatable again. I mean, there's a chance this team starts 4 0. Right. There's a good chance this team starts 4 0. And then you got to go Oklahoma, Georgia, Missouri, Kentucky. And, mm-hmm. and Vandy, ULM should be, should be dubs, but Texas AM, Alabama to finish off the season. One, one, uh, to AM at home. You know, Bama on the road, Auburn has not felt, fared well in Tuscaloosa. But again, I don't know that any, we talked about this uh, with, with Paul over on uh, the Auburn Express. I'm not sure anybody's scared of DeBoer's Alabama. They don't have reason to be. I don't think anybody's scared of Nothing's DeBoer's proven. Alabama. Like, yeah, they have right. to prove, Bama has to prove themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I'm sorry. After what we saw, the mass exodus of players, and it, it, I'm not, so I know that some coaches have done it, but I'm just not sure that what he accomplished in the pack with those guys translates to the SEC because the level of competition is going to be so much higher defensively. Right? You're playing Oregon almost 
Yeah, his schemes are going to you, be you're playing, tested. You're playing four or five. You're playing four organs in a season. Just right. Yeah, but 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 honestly, defensively better. Yeah, week in right. and week out. So you know his schemes are going to be really tested, and I think that Auburn, if they can, they they're three thousand yard passing team. Like B is talking about, they have a chance to go into Tuscaloosa and get that win. Yeah. Yeah. They have a chance to go into Tuscaloosa and get that win if they're passing the ball at a decent clip. What I will say to this, and then the reason why I, I agree with you, gentlemen, that his rep is on the line this year as a QB developer is when Hugh Freeze got to Auburn, he addressed just about everything on the mm-hmm. offensive side. Auburn already had a good stable of running backs and tight ends. He went to the portal, got a lot of guys out the portal to address the uh, offensive line, even went to the portal, the first portal window and got a, a left tackle. Mm-hmm. So we have a we have better play along the offensive line. We already know what he did from the high school level, bringing in the kids for wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And we still got some talented guys at the receiver position. So you've upgraded a lot of the position, the skill positions and line. What's left? QB play. So if Auburn's yeah. going to take that step in year two, we have to see better production. And that starts with Hugh Freeze and Ken Austin taking this offense, this QB room, to the next level. It yeah, may not I, be where you want it to be, but it, it has there has to be a progression in year two. I would add, Caesar, that you know, we talk often about we talked often in the preseason about the messaging coming from this coach. You know, you know what he said, you know, in the in, in his opening presser when he talked about being a QB developer. This is the thing that Auburn has lacked. And when they've been able to find it a QB, it's been championship time, man. Think about it. Yeah. Since the year 2000, Jason Campbell's 2004 season under Al Borges, undefeated, right? Brandon Cox had an 11-2 and two season. Yeah. He gets forgotten in this conversation well, a lot. that was after his first year as a starter where he went 9-3. Right. Yeah. You know, they've been in the, they, I mean, they were, they, they could have been SEC champions, you know, in, in 2006. Yeah, that was the that was the Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas, uh, Arkansas yeah. and Georgia came in Come and on, ran this too. Yeah, it, yeah. They've been, they're always in the conversation. When they find a QB, they're always in the conversation. Uh, 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 you know, uh, 2010, obviously, they won it all. 2013, that few seconds away in three points. 2017, you beat Georgia, you make the playoff. Yeah. Jared Stidham, probably the best pure passer of all the guys that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Bo Nix was supposed to be the next guy that got, got us there. He wasn't able to do it because of the dysfunction around him. Right. You know, and some of his own development problems. And, and, and you know, your Hugh Freeze, you're just thinking, you got to get more out of these average quarterbacks. And you're not going to have a stud quarterback every year. Cam Newton started the conversation between, like, like game manager and, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. game breaker. Yeah. Auburn, I, I think a lot of Auburn fans would be content with just getting effective game managers year in and year out. Because your Cam Newtons, your game breakers, those guys again, are so rare. But again, you got to have a good system in place. You can't manage crap, right? right? Your, your system <laughs> yeah. has so, to be So sufficient. you, you got to yeah. have a system in place for that guy to be able to effectively manage. Would it be fair to say that almost like it would be hard to mess up with Cam Newton at quarterback? Like, is there a system that that Cam couldn't, wouldn't have thrived in in college? I, I wonder if, if you just put him back there and tell him to sling the ball like in a, in a 
Texas if you don't Tech let him run, then. just like not right. let him run. Like he has yeah. to be able to run. Like that's his superpower. He has to be able yeah. to run. He could throw crazy. You forced, he was, you forced and, him into yeah. yeah. He was a very effective passer in college and when he went to the league until he started hurting his shoulder. But you that's not what makes him him. He had to be able to run too.